in the room podcast to talk about his huge knocko at BKFC Knuckle Mania 3 last Friday night is Josh Stay Down Watson. Josh, man, I appreciate the time. I know your phone has been ringing off the hook for people having a chance to talk to you, but thanks for coming on the show, man. Congratulations on a huge knockout last week, man. Thank you. Thank you. Bro, it's been a long journey, man. You had your last MMA fight in New England, took many years off, jumped into BKFC, and man, you had the biggest knockout of your career over Greg Hardy, man. Let's talk about the journey. And first, let's talk about that big gap in your fighting career, man. You stopped MMA, took some years off, and you got back to bare-knuckle boxing, man. What was the layoff? And uh, let's talk about that time in between fighting. Well, um, biggest reason for the time off was work. You know, I'm doing that whole adulting thing. And even though I didn't have, like, a spectacular record, I wasn't able to fight, like, None of my fights were easy. I was always going against tough guys because whether, even without the tough record or the good record, I'm intimidating and scary and all that shit. So they, I, you know, so everybody that I was facing was training their asses off more than I had the ability to. I didn't have the schedule to train at that elite level to compete at the to compete where my record put me at so I wasn't able to compete at that level so that was the biggest bigger reason on stopping was just you know I was over it I was done chasing the dream and had to you know start adulting buy a house get a, you know get a car do all that stuff like actually work enough to get better things in my life rather than working just enough to scrape by so that I had to schedule freedom so I could train as much as I could. <clears throat> so that was basically the, the main reason for the long, long layover. Well, when you started, what was the decision to get back into it? And what was the decision to go into bare knuckle boxing instead of, uh, you know, taking off where you left off in your MMA career? As soon as I saw Bare Knuckle, I wanted to do it. Um, just, I don't know, the brutality of it, something just that to me I wanted to do. Um, I After the pandemic, I was watching a lot of guys that started training after me were getting their black belts and jiu-jitsu promotions. I was like, you know what? I got nothing going on. I'm not working. I might as well go to the gym. So I went in purely to work on my jiu-jitsu. That was it. And uh, I think my second day there, my coach asked me if I had clubs with me because he needed someone to spar with Frank Mir. And I was like, no. He's like, I'll give you someone. I'm like, I don't have a mouthpiece, so I'll bring that shit tomorrow, I guess. And then come to find out Frank was trying to get a beer knuckle fight. And I was like, fuck it, I'll ride his coattails right into it. And so, yeah, it quickly got changed um, of my trajectory of what I was doing from working on my belts to training again. Um, I helped him get ready for his tri both of his thriller fights, um, one of his main sparring partners for all that. 
which uh, I guess made it kind of easy of a transition for me to do boxing before I had to compete at boxing because everything in my mind was still MMA. Um, but uh, the whole reason I like, even when uh, Masvidal opened up his game bread and it was bare knuckle MMA, that didn't have that same appeal to me because my age, my body, I don't have the want to wrestle motherfuckers. I don't like, I think I trained MMA one day with Mir and we both went to kick each other at the same time and he kicked me in the knee and folded me and I'm like, yeah, this is why I don't do this shit no more. Like, I'm just going to box only, like, save my legs, save my back, save my hips. Like, I can just throw hands and survive. As I keep two, two things healthy, not my entire body, really. Well, that first bare knuckle fight, man, uh, literally, what, seven, <clears throat> seven years later, eight years later, man, how'd it feel getting back into competition and getting you back? Know, that was, <clears throat> aside from being thrown somebody who I knew nothing about and who kind of had way more experience than I would have taken a fight had I known, it was a, definitely a... To go from a regional, smaller show, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people there, but just the production value, a regionally smaller show, to fast forward eight years to being on the biggest bare knuckle card that, or uh, production there is, there was a moment of being starstruck. Um, it was weird. It felt like an out-of-body experience. Um, I definitely didn't... My coach afterwards is like, I yelled this, this, this. He's like, did you hear me? I'm like, didn't hear you say a fucking word. Not a single word. He's like, I knew it because like, he was two feet away from me on the other side of the ropes. And he said, it took me five times saying your name for you to even turn around. So, you know, and then the goal was to not necessarily start off the way I started off this fight, like coming off the line, but it was to start off a whole lot more aggressive. And it just... It wasn't there. Nothing Nothing in my game plan was there. It was, you know, like, it was an out-of-body experience. I just, I, like, I was playing a video game, and I wasn't in control. Well, my friend, you came back that second fight, and you were in control. You had a, a, a minute 24 first-round knockout in that fight, man. What was the difference uh, in training, or was it the mindset when you went in there that second time? A little bit different in my mindset. Um, just, you know... There's a lot of talk about how people, very few people, um, have great success on their first BKFC fight. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of the bigger names that have come from like UFC or other areas, they've been consistently competing. But when people are competing at a smaller level and they jump to this bigger stage, they kind of all have this, you know, like. In the UFC, they, you know, they call it um, stage fright, you know, like being on that biggest stage. And it's not necessarily fright, but it's more like just a freeze-up. Um, and it happens often. And it was way more comfortable the second time around. Um, you know, as comfortable as it can be. And even like this third time, just a lot more comfortable um, in the situation. Um and, and for the fact of, I fought just six months ago, and 
even in my MMA career, that was a very fast turnaround because I only had I only had eleven MMA fights over the span of um it had to be about ten years, right? About yeah. No, a little 2007 to 2000. You said my last one was in 2011? Uh, 2013. So about eight years. A little over eight years or yeah. so. Eight, eight years to have an 11 fights. Yeah. You know, that's not being very active. You know, and that and that goes back to my body. Like, I almost had a surgery almost between every single fight, you know? So, you know, it was coming back that fast um, on a bare knuckle one was you know, beneficial because I'm still in the groove. Now, now coming back to that third fight, you are going against Greg Hardy. Uh, how did that matchup come about? I mean, you know, that is the, that was their guy. They were trying to, of course, promote him. Greg Hardy, big name coming out of the UFC. Uh, man, when this fight was announced or put together, what was your thoughts on it? Was it, um, you know, was the mindset there or was it, you know, you have to get over that hurdle again because now you're fighting basically a superstar in the eyes of the MMA world and, and just the combat fighting community? I mean, I, I, I knew uh, that my first opponent, Brian Etchison, he is tougher than Greg Hardy was going to be. Um, after, you know, with all of his amateur fights that weren't listed anywhere, uh, I just knew like Greg Hardy didn't like to get touched. Um, he don't like to get touched with boxing gloves. So I knew he wasn't going to like to get touched with bare knuckles. Um, you know, well, I got asked about the fight and I talked to my trainer and I was like, go look up video of him. Cause my trainer, he's a, he's a video whiz. He breaks down video and just can tell you, like, all right, every fourth steps he does this. Like, you just, like, weird stuff that most people don't see. And uh, I was like, well, tell me, you know, like, is this a winnable fight for me? And he did it. He looked it up, and he's like, yeah, we, we got this. We can do this. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like, that, that's the confidence I need. You know, my coach is like, oh, I don't know. Well, then it's like, now I have yeah. to convince him as well as myself, when my coach says, yeah, we got this, it's like, all right, cool, we're both already convinced, we're already on board. Um, I just knew all I had to do was touch him, and he wasn't going to last very long. Well, in that, that fight, man, second round, 19 seconds, you touched him, and you touched him very violently, man. What did you feel in that fight? Was it, you know, were you feeling what your coach was saying in the first round? Like, uh, you know, you're better than this guy. Could you feel that? What was the, what was the thought through that first round? Um, first, the number one thought for the first round was I can't see shit. Um, I got poked in the eye. Um, I came out, attacked him. We first separated. The first jab he threw, he poked me in the uh, right eye. And I, it was basically blind for a solid minute, minute 15 maybe. And I couldn't do shit with it. Uh, that's why like, I was like overreactive of movements. Like, he would faint, and I would, like, break the hips. Like, I was, like, jumping out because I couldn't see shit. Um, so that made it very difficult. And, um, and, like, when you're training and when you're working, like, or better yet, when you're fighting and you get really, really tense, 
because you're not and you're all all responsive to that person's movement and you're not relaxed, you gas hard. And that made me gas that much more because I was like in a panic. Um, and as you can tell, you know, I've been sick for weeks, so that wasn't helping anything. But uh but yeah, it made me panic. And so it took me going into about halfway through the round once I started being able to see stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm feeling a little bit better. You know, he threw me on the ground. I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to take my sweet ass time getting <laughs> up. Um, then we, you know, we clinched. I was like, I'm not even fighting the clinch. I'm, I'm just using this time to recover my vision. And then I was like, all right, cool. I got it. Let's do this. Like, I'm, I'm feeling good now. And. You know, and that shows because I got him, I knocked him down at the end of the round. And that was, had to do a lot with the fact that I could see them versus <laughs> the whole first half of the fight. Well, in between rounds, you're sitting down, your coach, I would imagine you could hear him well in this fight. Uh, you're zoned in at this point. What was said in between rounds? Could you feel, you know, the finish coming up? Did you know, you know, you were definitely going to catch him going at that second round? Well, um, you know, his biggest thing and our biggest thing in camp was lateral movement, lateral movement, move, 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 you know, not just sit in front of them. Um, there was one point in the fight I remember because we had this, the whole goal was to not stand in front of him for one, three seconds. So my coach would yell out three, which to most people says, I'm going to throw a hook. Instead, for me, that was me to get the fuck out of the way, like move. Um, so it was kind of, you know, like a little bit of, Head games, but I knew what the message meant. Um, but yeah, lateral movement, and realistically, like we didn't say like, "Oh yeah, we're putting them down." It was, I mean, everybody knew it was a question if I was getting let out of the into the second round because of the cut on my forehead, um, and I, uh, I knew I didn't have very much time left. Not to mention, I mean, realistically speaking, if I didn't have the cut or I did have the cut, I, I went about it the same way. I'm always looking for the knockout. There's always that. I'm just trying to stop this fight right now. Um, but I knew in the back of my head that I needed to stop it because all he had to do is contact me probably one, two times on that spot, and it would have made it ten times worse, and they probably would have stopped the fight. So, you know, there was... Um, there was reason to get it done quickly. Well, 19 seconds is pretty quick going into that second round. Um, what'd you feel when you felt that connection, when you got inside and you landed that and you saw him drop? Uh, what was that feeling? What, what what was going through your mind, man? Well, when I when I dropped him the first time in the first round, I was like, all right, I know he's getting back up. Like the, That was like a glancing shot. Plus the way he went down, I'm like, he's getting back up. No thoughts. Um, when I hit him in the second round, I knew immediately he was done. Um, like, you know, I've been, I've been in for a minute. I've been, you know, my my nickname has been stay down for a while. I got attached to my, on my knuckles. And there's always been the talk of I need that picture where I'm just standing there holding my knuckles up, telling him, stay down. <laughs> And I was like, boom, here it is. This is he's not getting up. I'm doing it. And it's like, and even better, if I do it and he does get up, cool, because I'm going to put his ass back down. And then, therefore, it'll, like, double it up and be like, stay the fuck down. <laughs> you know? 
But uh, no, I, I knew he was done. It was it was over, and just I don't know, pure exhilaration. Like I knew that coming into it that this was a life changing fight for me. Um, it was going to change the trajectory of everything. Like you know, I wish this happened ten years ago because I'd be like, cool, I quit my job. Like let's start, let's let's make a run at it. You know, and. You know, this late in my career, I, I you know, I, I doubt I'll make it bigger waves than that. But uh, especially being his um, his first fight or only fight BKFC, because I, from what I hear, he's not going to do it anymore. Um, you know, so one yeah, and one and done. You retired him already, my friend. <laughs> well, I mean, he didn't like he, he doesn't like to get punched. He's going to go back to boxing. He probably makes more money boxing, and it's uh, you know. It's a glove, and he doesn't has less of a risk of getting knocked out. Well, well, you mentioned that you know you might not go you know too much farther your age. I mean that's a big knockout, and it only takes one punch in BKFC bare knuckle. It's an exciting couple, two, three minutes in there, my man. Um, you could make waves, bro. I mean you're blasting off from a huge knockout. There's a lot of people that were hoping that Greg got knocked out in that fight. I mean, oh, I know yeah. I know he has fans. Oh, yeah. I know he has fans, but he has a lot of haters out there too. So you became an instant hero after yep. you put his lights out, man. And I'm sure social media and all the love you're getting from, you know, fans and new fans, man, is is elevating you. It, like does the passion is there passion in there to to make it to make it like maybe get a shot at the the, the champ one day in, in the weight class. You know, I mean, it, it does, it motivates me. It does lift me up because, you know, like, like you said in the very beginning, I have a humongous following in New England. And it's, you know, it's that following that really pushes me and motivates me all the time. And, you know, and that's the part two that um, scares me because, you know, back in the day when you'd fight, you're like, whatever, if I lose, I got time to make up for it. Now it's like I lose and there isn't time. Like, you know, I'm at yeah. the end. Like, I, I don't want to, not necessarily saying like I won't end on a loss, but I'm saying like I don't want to end on that disappointing note and, you know, and just kind of like leave it just out there. And uh, <clears throat> so I don't know. Like, I've, I've been I've been saying for a while now, I got like one more in me, one more in me, one more in me. Uh, but the main goal is to have my retirement fight in either Vegas or in New England. Um, they're trying uh, to get it someplace big in New England. Um, and sadly, I already played that hand and told the uh, president and the uh, matchmaker this. So I think they might hold out on me fighting in those locations so they can have to control me for a bit longer, but <laughs> I don't know if they if if we if if Vegas gets sanctioned. I mean, it'd be stupid for me not to be on the first Vegas card, considering I live here and you know I can only foresee Christine being on that card and like one or two others, like because they live so close mm -hmm. or they they have connections to Vegas. So I mean. That and the same thing. If there's a card in New England, I'm going to be on it. Um, I mean, I fucking basically single-handedly sold out the Portland Expo by myself uh, back in 2000, 
2011 or, or some shit. So, you know, I want to fight in front of my friends. Excellent. Family. Do you still um, come to New England and train at all? Or, or, or like, what's your association with New England at this point? I went, um, sadly, the last two times um, I've gotten to come home were for funerals. Oh, not sorry about that. And, uh, but the last time I was home, I swung by the academy. Um, actually, I went to one of the NEF uh, events, ran into Jay, and, um, you know, he's like, oh, I'll come by Saturday morning, open gym. So I went by, and of course, everybody's in their gi, and I'm like, I need to <laughs> So, but uh, no, it was cool. It was fun rolling with a bunch of the old people that, no, old people, the, you know, old teammates that have been around forever, you know. But other than that, no, I don't really get a chance to because when I do come home, it's very limited amount of time. And I actually take that back. When I came home, when I came home, for, I think for 4th of July, like three years ago, I think that's when I got to uh, roll with uh, Sean Durfee, went to his school, and um, him and I worked out for like a solid hour together, fresh off the uh, airplane. Uh, so, I mean, I get in a little bit, mainly because I'm trying to stay moving, but I don't really go home to train. Okay, my man. Well, as far as what's in the future for you, uh, you uh, you mentioned BKFC might like might like to hold out on you a little bit, hold you a little bit. Um, they 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 see value in you, my man. What do you what do you expect? And uh, do you have a timeline? You you mentioned you know oh. New England and and Vegas. When do you want to get back in there? You, you know, your last the fights in between. You know, your second fight and third fight. There wasn't much time in between there. What when? What are you looking for uh, to stay busy? Well, I mean, I, I don't think it's much of what I'm looking for. It's, you know, it's what they're looking for. Um, I don't know if you caught it. I got, I got a good picture of me, like, reaching through the ropes, yelling at uh, Dave Feldman, the president, being like, hey, give me that knockout of the night. And, uh, he's, you know, he even says, I'll do you one better. I'll get you a bigger fight in April. Well, so they're already trying to give me a fight in April. Um, I don't know if I'll physically be up to par on that considering that bad boy is probably a good four weeks away from getting punched so in in a 10-week window taking four of them away and not being able to get hit is kind of rough but not terrible you know we'll see still got a few more uh doctor's appointments to hit up to make sure that i'm uh healthy enough to continue to go well my friend uh god there's uh there's there's a upside to you getting back in that that ring bro a lot of people waiting to see what comes out of you next new england's definitely interested in uh whatever's going on with you my man uh as soon as you know that card was announced and god right after that knockout new england was exploding uh you know gyms were jumping in for joy there's a lot of people here that you know were amateur fighters that are now seasoned pros some of them that are you know made it to the ufc from new england that were on cards that you were on as you know some of your your last fights in new england that these these guys hold you as a uh, basically royalty man it's 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 incredible to see yeah i mean it's it's uh you know it's overwhelming at times uh just because of being you know like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm humble. I don't like view myself as that, like being held up. But when I just get the shit ton of messages and all the love online, you know, it's it's overwhelming at times. Um, 
it's funny too because I'll always I guess my bigger kind of throwback is I don't even know what full force it was but it was back in 2007 I believe it was my second pro fight it was uh the card in Boxborough it was John Jones's first pro fight and then Tom Lawler was on that card um Travis Bartlett I think there was one other bigger name on that card that card was stacked with names like I said man you fought with killers some champions in the UFC. I mean, there, there, there is an army of, uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen in New England that, you know, have thrived in the MMA game. And man, uh, you know, you're thriving not only in the, you know, in the fighting game, but out of New England in Vegas where you are and making waves in BKFC, man. So congratulations on the journey, getting back in there, man, and having the biggest knockout of your career and, uh, man, putting you on the map of, uh, some of them are scarier dudes in the BKFC heavyweight division. Thank you. Um, last thing, Josh, man, uh, shout out social media. I, I mean, I know you're getting flooded with calls, interviews, uh, and stuff, man. And let's keep the ball rolling, man. Let's, uh, let's, let's roll you into April if you're ready, or if not the next card and a huge, huge, uh, you know, uh, another matchup, man. So anything you want to say, social media, I mean, friends, everything. My shout out, my shout outs are always the same and we've touched on it. It's, it's, it's that support system. It's those people that got my back, you know, and they got my back, you know, realistically for no reason other than, you know, I try to do right by them. You know, I, I, I and they always motivate me and push me and, always keep me trying to do the right thing and that's the that's the biggest thing you know and that's what i love so it's always it's always them i whenever i'm shouting out i'm always talking about my fans because my fan fuck fans my friends and my family you know that that's you know that's the difference between like i'll never as, as big as this is i'll never outgrow who i am in the fact that like sure other guys in the UFC, they have hundreds of thousands of fans. I have a few thousand fans, and I feel that they are friends because they're on my friends list. They're, we interact. I, I take it upon myself to interact with every single message being sent to me, um, every single comment on my stuff. I try to re respond to. I try to interact with everything because, you know, why, why am I going to change? That's how it's always been. Why am I changing? Just because I got a good knockout. Excellent, my man. Well said, man. Respect, respect you, bro. Uh, congratulations on that huge, huge victory, man. And uh, we can't wait to see what's next here and uh, around the country and the world, man, because you really, you really uh, opened a lot of eyes, man, and, and gained thousands, tens of thousands of fans uh, last Friday night, man. So congratulations, bro. Thank you. I appreciate it.